If you ask people, just an average people on the street today, if they want to get into a spiritual conversation and you're able to get them there, but ask why they would go to heaven, uh, the number one response is because I'm good. When we think about what God speaks about in being good, when Jesus declares what is good, he's comparing our sinfulness to his sinlessness, our wickedness to his righteousness, our injustice to his justice. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So we're going to see in a message I titled, The Work of God, in John 6, 22 through 40, they sought Jesus, verses 22 through 26, the work of God, verses 27 through 29. They sought signs, verses 30 through 34, and the bread of life, verses 35 through 40. Father, we pray that you'd bless the teaching of your word now. Bless it, we pray, Lord, to our souls, Lord, that we might be filled with the truths of your word. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we move on in verses 27 through 29, we discover the work of God. And I'll read it for the context. Verses 27 through 29, Jesus saying, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give to you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, should make you guys quote this. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. That's our memory verse for this month, and we're going to help you learn that one. This is the work of God. It's a good memory verse because people are wanting to know the way to heaven, and Jesus is saying that the way to heaven is through faith in Jesus Christ. Believe in him whom God has sent. But Jesus, he's not saying that we shouldn't work. Everybody has a job, a purpose to fulfill in life. It's through work that we're able to provide for ourselves, for our family. He's not saying that we shouldn't work to provide for our families. And But people have this tendency of misdirecting their priorities, seeking the things that perish while neglecting the things that endure into everlasting life. 
So the people asked about this work of God, verses 28 and 29, the true work of God. They said, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Notice that they were thinking of a number of things. What good works must we do? Because I believe they understood that we fail often in our lives. So there's this mentality that you have to keep making up for your failures. Not just one good thing, but many good things. What work may we do that we might do the works of God? And Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. They asked about the plural works of God. How many works we have to do? And Jesus said, there's only one. Believe in me. There is this work your way to heaven mentality that was then and has survived all the way into the 21st century. If you ask people, just an average people on the street today, if they want to get into a spiritual conversation and you're able to get them there, but ask why they would go to heaven, uh, the number one response is because I'm good. But what are they measuring themselves against? See, I believe that when we think of good, we're measuring our goodness against others without thought toward God. But when we think about what God speaks about in being good, when Jesus declares what is good, he's comparing our sinfulness to his sinlessness, our wickedness to his righteousness, our injustice to his justice. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, There's not a just man on earth that does good and does not sin. So Solomon, he identifies that there are good men on the earth, but they still sin. Romans 3.23, we know for all of sin falls short of the glory of God. So what must we do? We must believe in Jesus. We must believe in Jesus, whom God has sent to be the covering for our sins. For those who truly want to earn their way to heaven, Jesus declared that there's one work. It's believing in him. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And no one can escape it. There's only one way to the Father, and it's through the Son, Jesus. As Jesus said in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. So how are we doing? What's our labors today? Are we laboring for the things that endure unto everlasting life? I have heard so many people making excuses throughout the years of why they don't attend church, but in their mind they're thinking, someday I'm going to. And usually in that someday I'm going to, what they're saying is, First, I need to accomplish this in my life. And Jesus is the one who declared, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. We actually have things backwards. It's seeking God first. So they sought signs, verses 30 through 34. Again, for the context, verse 30. Therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then? that we may see it and believe you. What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert, as it is written. 
he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. So they sought signs. We discover in verses 30 and 31 that they sought these signs. They were asking, what work are you going to do? What sign are you going to show us? Apparently, the day before, he had healed countless who were sick. He fed up to 20,000 people. What does it take for some people to believe? They forgot just what happened the day before. They'd seen several signs, several miracles. There was enough evidence for them to know that this is the Christ who had come into the world. If it wasn't one sign, you know, would five do? Would 50 do? Would 500 do? How many signs would it take for them to actually believe? In Luke 9, 11, it says, But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and received he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. That's talking about the day of the feeding of the 5,000. He was healing people. It wasn't just about giving them bread on that day that happened the day before. He healed the multitudes that came to him on that day. And it still wasn't sufficient for the people. They had a thought, though. They gave Jesus a suggestion. Have you ever done that in your prayer life? Lord, help me, guide me. Oh, by the way, here's what I think you should do. Here's how I think you should work it out. I got it all planned out, Lord. If you want to see, I have the bullet points right here. I'm praying through them. And I'll check them out off as you answer them. So they suggested. Our fathers ate manna in the desert. And it is written, they even use scripture. Isn't that always better when we pray selfishly in our heart for something that we want the Lord to do for us and we're able to take scripture and, and connect it together? That always makes a more dynamic prayer. So they use scripture. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. It sounds righteous, but it wasn't. They were really just desiring to Fill the physical need in their life, but not the spiritual need. In fact, they sought the daily provision that Israel had obtained in the wilderness without recognizing or wanting to remember that Israel being in the wilderness for 40 years was never God's intention. In fact, the first generation that came out of Egypt did not enter into the promised land. God did give them manna, and manna was there for a season. It was never intended to last for 40 years. It was because of Israel's sin that it went on that long. It was only to last for a couple of years until God gave them the law and prepared the people to enter into the some promised land. But there at Kadesh Barnea, they rejected God's plan. They wanted to go back to Egypt. So God caused them to roam around in the wilderness. He provided for them the whole time. 
but it was never God's intended purpose. And I think often we neglect entering into all that God would have for us. The people were willing to walk by sight, but not willing to walk by faith. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it tells us, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And I think we're guilty often of walking by sight and not by faith. And it was not wrong for the people to seek God's provision for their lives. It's the Lord, as I said before, in Matthew 6, 11, who taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. But it, to have this proper priority, it's that of the spiritual versus the physical. Matthew 6, 31 through 33, Therefore do not worry, saying, What we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. And your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So they asked, they sought for signs, but their heart was in the wrong place. And Jesus taught them of the true bread of life. They were wanting to be fed physical bread. And Jesus taught them of the true bread, verses 32 through 34. Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said, Lord, give us this bread always. He first corrected them. It wasn't Moses, it was God. For 40 years, Moses was God's instrument and the children of Israel mistook the instrument for the one who was actually giving the blessing. And the people neglected to give glory to God. They gave rather the glory to Moses. In Psalm 78, 23 through 25, Yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna on them to eat. He gave them bread from heaven. And the men ate angels' food and sent them food to the full. And people are often guilty of giving glory to God's instrument while neglecting to give glory to its proper place, to that of God. Jeremiah would rather say in Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor the rich man glory in his riches. Let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Jesus goes on to teach that the bread of God is not physical but spiritual. In verse 51, he would say, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And he who eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Yet the people couldn't get their eyes off the physical in order to see the greater spiritual need. And people continue to this day to neglect the spiritual need of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. They get stuck on the physical while neglecting the greater spiritual needs. So the bread of life, verses 35 through 40. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given to me, I would lose nothing, but should raise him up in the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that every one who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. The bread of life, Jesus, identifying himself as the bread of life. That through faith in Jesus Christ, first of all, we see we will never hunger nor thirst. Verses 35 through 37. They came searching earthly bread that they might sustain their lives. And yet they rejected the true bread of life, the spiritual that would satisfy them unto eternal life. Jesus, as it said in John 6.51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Jesus connects being the bread of life to a sacrifice upon the cross by which we are saved. He said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. The bread that I shall give is my flesh. He connects this to his sacrifice upon the cross. And by connecting this, we have our means of salvation. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 25, Paul, speaking about the communion table, said, For that which I received from the Lord, I deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup of the supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And by partaking in the salvation that Jesus gives, he says, we will never hunger and thirst. He's talking about the spiritual, not the physical. We'll never hunger and thirst for these spiritual things. And I think we live in a world where people are, they're, they're hungry for spiritual things and they're misdirecting, trying to find it in other places other than Jesus. In John four thirteen and 14, Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. And people are drinking of the water of worldly spiritual things and they thirst and continue to thirst because they're coming to the wrong well, they're coming to the wrong fountain. They're not coming to the fountain of life of Jesus Christ. And those who come to Jesus in life-saving faith, they have everlasting life. They're eternally secure in Jesus' care. The way he worded that, that I'll raise them up in the last day in verse 40. In John 10, 28 through 30, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. They shall never be lost. 
And that is our hope that we have to this day. In verses 38 through 40, Jesus declaring, I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus came to do the will of the Father, not to do his own will. He prayed that in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, 39. Oh, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And God's will for our lives, Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that we would be sanctified. And everyone who believes in Jesus will by no means be lost. They'll be raised up in the last day. He's given us this promise. 1 Peter 1, 5, they are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, the last days. Colossians 3, 3 and 4, you died and your life was hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. There is this promise of our future resurrection through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's through faith in his death, burial, and resurrection that we're able to not only be saved, but our salvation is secure in Christ Jesus our Lord. This hope that we have, according to Hebrews 6, 19 and 20, is the anchor of our soul. It is both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. Wherever the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become the high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, it is a hope that we have. It's sure and steadfast because of the work that Jesus has done. And it's through partaking in Jesus, the bread of life, our salvation has been secured forevermore. You know, I know I've said this over the last 18 years a number of times, but there was a season in my life where I wasn't so sure about my salvation in Jesus Christ. And it took a course of a couple of years of just staying in the Word, staying in fellowship, staying in church, that the Lord spoke to my heart and He gave me that surety. But there's promise after promise given to us that this hope that we have is both sure and steadfast. And the hope that we have is found in Jesus Christ. And it's by partaking in Jesus, the bread of life, that our salvation is secured forevermore. So this, the work of God, as we've seen in John 6, 22 through 40, they sought Jesus, but they were seeking Jesus for earthly things and not the heavenly. So the question is, why are you seeking Jesus? They asked about the work of God. What work must we do that we must do the works of God? And so they used the word work twice. Once singular, and then the second time plural. And Jesus came back and said, this is the work of God. One work, singular, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And I asked the question, are you laboring for the things that endure unto everlasting life? They sought signs, and the people in seeking signs, they were looking to satisfy the physical needs that they had while neglecting the spiritual so why do we seek Jesus? Is it for merely the 
physical or the spiritual. I had once foolishly said that if Jesus only in this life, something like that, I said it to a friend of mine once, that if faith in Jesus Christ was only for this life, that it would be enough. It was sufficient. And I was talking about the blessings that God had given me in the life that I live. But if Jesus is only for this life, then Paul said our faith would be futile. If there's not hope into eternal life, they sought for signs, but they were neglecting the greater spiritual need of salvation. They did not partake in the true bread of life. They ate bread that the Lord had provided on the day before, but they had not yet partaken in the bread of life, Jesus Christ, through which we are saved and our salvation is secured. All because of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for your work and for the surety that you give through faith in your name and the true bread of life. We give you praise this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Yeah.